Welcome to the OnScript podcast, your home for world-class conversations on scripture and theology, where you get to meet some of the best in the field. Visit us at onscript.study. Say hello on Twitter at OnScript Podcast and stop by our Facebook page at facebook.com slash OnScript. Hey everyone, welcome back to the OnScript Podcast. This is Matt Lynch. I'm a host with Matt Bates, Drew Johnson, Aaron Heim, and Chris Tilling. In this episode, Drew and I are hosting the guys from the Bible Project. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the OnScript Podcast. I'm Matt Lynch, hosting today with Drew Johnson. Hey, Drew. Hello there. Our guests today are likely familiar to all of you, Tim Mackey and John Collins from The Bible Project. Hi, guys. Welcome to OnScript. Hey. Hey there. Yeah, great to have you guys. Um, I think I could probably speak for a lot of us who do stuff in the Bible that we've made use of and really benefited from what you guys are doing. So, thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, can I give my uh, my first encounter with The Bible Project was uh, a, a freshman student uh, saying, oh, I watch these Bible videos on YouTube, and you should watch them. And of course, the first thought, I'm sure you've heard this story a million times from various people, first thought that goes through my mind is, oh, brother, oh, no. you know, oh, no. I, I need to find something polite to say about these <laughs> totally. videos and move away from them quickly. And so I started, they sent me a link, and I started watching one, and yeah. I'm watching and watching, going, wait, this doesn't suck. Wait, <laughs> this doesn't this is suck. actually really good. Hey, wait, these guys know what they're doing. They actually are, you know, they're doing real biblical theology. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I got converted in one video. In fact, so much so, I had to look you guys up and figure out, you know, it, it was so semi-miraculous to me. I had to figure out what was going on in the world yes. when someone was making these videos. Yeah, can anything good come out of YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my first introduction was... Uh, Tim, you know Travis Spot, yes. right? Yeah, uh, that's friend right. of ours yeah, who teaches teaches Old Testament. He uh, he showed me the the New Heavens and New Earth video. Yeah. Is that the, your first one? Oh yeah, just Heaven and Earth. Yep, yeah, but he- that Heaven was and Earth. yeah, that was Heaven. among our first videos. Yep, yeah, like uh, and that was such a good video, and I I started showing that to people, and so I think that's probably how it happens, right? They just yeah. they catch on. Um, yeah, but yeah, do do you guys look back at that video and think, oh, I, you know, we're still really proud of that, or are you are you thinking, oh, I would do all these things differently now? Mm. Um, I, John has a bit of a different eye than I do because he's a little more design and video production minded. There's a few things I'd tweak. We're pretty. Yeah, I think I, I think we're pretty proud of that heaven and earth one. Yeah, I um, still really like what we said. <laughs> it's uh, really basic. Um, in fact, the, uh, we're making a video on the Son of Man right now, and it's going to have that same basic doodle style we call back of the napkin or yeah or doodle style. Yeah, and, we've ended up doing a few videos in that same uh, type of artistic style that where we're trying to make it both funny, usually because it's a heavy topic, so we're trying to inject humor and stick figures and silly drawings like that kind of make for a a good communication strategy it turns out yeah now i like that you guys play with styles um what's what's a favorite video that you guys have done hmm uh that that one is Mm. is uh a favorite and then Mm. holiness Mm. is Mm -hmm. one of my favorites Mm -hmm. um yeah uh yeah i'm really proud of the job video Mm. oh yeah even though actually i've of other videos, there's many things I'd want to go back and maybe say a little differently, but we kind of just handed that one over 
uh, we were doing it, trying out, I remember, a new storyboard process with our team. And so they just ran with the script. And what they came up with is just visually stunning. I just am really proud of the, the team for what they were able to, to produce. You know, the one, it's, it's probably the same style. The one I probably show people the most often is the Proverbs video. Oh, yes. Yeah, totally. The first one with that yeah. with woman wisdom weaving. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, she's got that needle and thread. And, and Yes. Yeah, the thread of the universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was uh, Kayla, yeah, who's one of our storyboard leads. Uh, mm-hmm. She That was her idea. And I was immediately hooked. I was like, yeah, that's such a good illustration. I'm surprised nobody, uh, you didn't say uh, the Mishpat or the uh, Justice one. Um, I wonder oh, if you yeah. got any, any pushback yeah. oh, on that. I really one. like that one. I always oh. forget about that one. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it looks incredibly complicated to make. I mean, oh, yeah. Mm. We spent uh, yeah. the most time and resources on that video than any video. Up to that point. Yeah, um, that's right. Still, even to this yeah, point. It had the, the th- those boxes and there's yeah, a lot of 3D, 3D yeah, art happening. And then we composited there. in um, yeah. frame by frame animation. We did get in a little bit of trouble um, with some people. Uh, in fact, we had just gotten a new donor, like a big monthly donor, the like week before we released that video. <laughs> and then... <laughs> That's right, I you, forgot about this. Do you remember this? Yes. And then he, he just, he thought yeah. it was too a uh, social justice warrior kind of video and then didn't want to contribute anymore. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I'd say out of any video, that one probably... But yeah. but not, that didn't happen much at no. all. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, we've we've tried to s- stay away from hot topics and just do the videos that people don't know that they need. <laughs> and then once they see them, they they can see like, oh wow, that's so helpful. So we, we've pretty much stayed clear of the hot topics. Just just don't start pushing that widow, orphan, and foreigner <laughs> agenda. I know, right? Because it just occurs yeah. a few times. <laughs> <laughs> the foreigner thing right, right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, totally. Um, so, so maybe it would, it would help our listeners if you just explain the inception of the Bible Project, how you guys collaborated, how you got together and, and came up with this idea, and did you envision it sort of taking on the shape it has? No, we, we didn't envision where it's at, but we... what. We uh, we met in undergrad here in Portland at a small Bible school called Multnomah, um, and then Tim went on to just be a geek like you guys, and then I uh, and I got into film and um, started doing explainer videos for mainly tech companies. And um, you, you isn't that being a geek? <laughs> a different yeah, kind of the way yeah. our constituency prefers the, <laughs> uh, communication the term geek. nerd or Bible nerd, if you please. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yes. I apologize. <laughs> Nerd. That's right. Yeah. When among friends, I don't use it. But when I'm talking to our general audience, I, that's how they perceive Bible scholars. Yeah. Bible nerds. Nerdy. Yeah. Just speaking the language of um, people. You know. Yeah. Uh, my wife says I'm one third nerd, is what she likes to say. <laughs> I think Tim's like two thirds nerd. Uh, maybe a full, maybe a full nerd. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we so the idea was, can we do that same kind of explanation with, uh, with with visuals and short videos, but not for like cloud computing and that kind of stuff, but for for biblical theology? And um, so we teamed up on that about five years ago. Tim mm-hmm. moved back to Portland from Madison, Wisconsin, where mm-hmm. you were going to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but and but you originally pitched the idea to me. I had moved back to be an adjunct professor at Western Seminary here in Portland and then 
uh, a teaching pastor at a church here. And so we and John had another job too. So we both had lots to do, but he he pitched the idea of let's just work on a couple of videos. And so because he had a studio running f- for his company, so we just worked on the first two videos, which was Genesis one to eleven, and uh, Heaven, and he- Heaven and Earth for about a year and a half. Yeah. We, we tinkered with idea and That's also right. with the crowdfunding model. That was mostly John's effort. Like how do he? create an engine where we could make more of them if we wanted to. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, a year and a half in the making, and then we launched the YouTube channel in 2014. And at the end, just waved at people and said, hey, we would make some more if you guys want to help us. And yeah. uh, people started donating, and we were able just to kind of make one video at a time. And we did that for a while. Yeah, and then people have been really generous. And so it got to the point where we were able to hire people full-time, designers, and build a studio around the project. And now we're can now we putting out a video every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's our fifth year uh, as an st- operating studio. Yeah. And you, um, Yeah, you and I moved over at, to do this full-time kind of at different points, you about two years ago and me about a, a year and a half ago. And uh, so, so I could imagine, um, like what full time. Actually, I'm not sure I can, but I, I could, <laughs> I could guess at what full time looks like for for you, John, running a media studio. But um, Tim, are you are you sort of like locked away in a room with lots of books, producing content, or what does it look <laughs> like for you to be full time with the Bible Project? Yeah, it's kind of like being a research professor. Um, but my classroom is John. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so we <laughs> and, sit in and this, then all everyone gets to listen in on. Yeah, it. we sit in this room. Yeah. And I basically I'm, I'm just drawing up materials and reading like I would to prepare for a class yeah. on this or that, and uh, and then we I take John through the syllabus <laughs> through the notes. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty it's pretty sweet. I, I've been teaching part time for years uh, in different. Uh, graduate settings, mostly seminary settings. So, but I stepped back from that even just last year to just do this because I find I, I can do my best work if I just have one thing going in my life. <laughs> so it, it's really it's like being a research professor without having to grade any papers Sounds or horrible. serve on any yeah. faculty. <laughs> <laughs> Don't rub it. Well, in. he does have that one honorary <laughs> student. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I've a very incessant yeah, yeah, question asker. <laughs> Pastors with questions. I mean, totally. John, you have you have a real unique ability to ask probing and really helpful questions. Yes, he does. Um, is that something that you were you kind of like that through school, or did you? Yeah, my mom hated me that? as a child. <laughs> <laughs> his, his mom does actually often tell stories that this is a lifelong trait of his yeah you you went through a wise stage and never came out (laughs) (laughs) i just um yeah never never got satisfied with i don't know what it is but um i like it's not it's not only true of your faith and of bible and theology but you do have a particular like angst when it comes to sorting through your worldview i like i like (laughs) to understand things i like i like it when things are clear and coherent um but i'm also really comfortable with ambiguity so i think it's kind Mm. of a combination Mm. of those two things Mm. that that's Mm. helpful and then i'm also just really forgetful so i often just have to keep (laughs) (laughs) you've ever made you completely forgot about it 
you might even have children you're not aware yeah, of. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think it's yeah, I think you guys do a good job of and this is the thing that I've really appreciated is you do try to clarify, you you try to find a single thread through a complicated tapestry of text. But I don't I don't feel like you guys ever erase the ambiguity or try to relieve the, the viewer uh, or do any hand waving and saying, Hey, there's not complicated or difficult things to reconcile here. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult balance. Um, we often joke that if it were just me doing the writing, all the videos would be half an hour, and we, yeah. would, we would have only made three, and nobody would watch them. Uh, so, yeah, j- the combination of our brains uh, works in this unique way we've, we've discovered. Uh, but the cutting room floor of after we're done with the final script of any video is just piled high with really good stuff uh, that just... For the sake of the video to be clear, yeah. we end up clear leaving concise. out all kinds of stuff that is important, but just not essential. But it, those are hard judgment calls to make when you're dealing with a set of texts that, yeah, as you said, Drew, I mean, <laughs> right? These scriptural texts are so densely interwoven with overlapping themes. They're all progressing it, uh, as you go through the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament. It's hard to separate one out. But we try. Um, one of the, one of the questions I had for you guys um, it has to do with one of the recurring ideas that comes through in all your videos and in your podcasts as well, and that's that you've emphasized the Bible as a, a unified story, and um, and that's in some ways a, a quite popular idea at the moment in kind of biblical studies and. Um, even some popular writing on on the Bible as well. Uh, but what what's the basis for that idea? What what kind of put you on to that um, notion? And what do you think are the limits of that idea as well? Yeah, man, that's a good question. Um, part of it has to do with my introduction to the Bible, which wasn't really in childhood. The Bible was kind of around in our family, but really, I was introduced to it in my early twenties as I was really just discovering uh, Christian faith. And um, I was in a, you know, a college setting, and so my first attempts to read the Bible were <laughs> happening at the same time. I'm taking intro to biblical literature classes at Multnomah University. And I just, you know, I happened to have this awesome professor who was a Bible, biblical theology enthusiast, um, and he was really um, excited and reading and, and doing work in all of the Israeli narrative theorists. <laughs> and so I often look back, I'm like, I'm reading the Bible for the first time, and I'm reading Shimon bar Afrat and Robert Alter, and, and even Meyer Sternberg. I tried to read Miles Sternberg, and I'm like 21 years old. I have to look up every other word in the dictionary. But I was really, I was just amazed because all of a sudden these texts that I had really marginalized in my own life, I realized the depth, the sophistication of what, of what I'm encountering here. And so, you know, that's an approach that, uh, you know, whether it's Alter or Sternberg, you know, they're kind of famous dichotomies of discourse-oriented or source-oriented approaches to the Bible. And so, I think I just had this disposition from early on um, of assuming there is coherence cohesion, and literary sophistication. Even though I encounter these texts, it's sometimes like, what on earth? Why that here? Why is God killing Moses and want to kill Moses in one story and then commissioning him in the next? That kind of thing. So 
I think that uh, there was just formative formative influences from early on. Um, I was introduced to the work of John Sailhammer, who was a really important but also kind of eccentric voice in conservative Protestant Hebrew Bible scholarship. And so it wasn't just like, oh, the Bible's a story. It's that the final shape of the Hebrew Bible is it is, I think, historically, you can historically ground this, it's a literarily cohesive work making an overall narrative argument. Um, and that uh, Second Temple Jewish readers were completely attuned to reading these texts, which they encountered as a collection of scrolls, but they read and think of it as a unified statement. So for me, it's more about it's about more than narrative theory. It's actually about how the how these texts came into existence and were read in in their early periods. I don't know if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. And what do you think are some of the limits to thinking about the Bible as a story? Oh, um, well. I mean, one is just like genre, like obviously a third of it's poetry. <laughs> um, however, uh, the, these large poetic anthologies, whether it's, you know, the Psalms or any of the prophets, they are given prose um, uh, frames, whether it's by the superscripts or superscriptions or narrative embedded that are linking them in to a narrative, a narrative framework. So I'm, I'm quite... I'm happy to commit myself to saying the main overarching framework of the Hebrew Bible and then the way the apostles link it all together, too, is a narrative, a unified narrative framework. So I don't, I, I don't know. There probably are limits. Right now I'm just exploring that horizon because it's so, it's so yeah, huge. I, 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 sorry. Um, well, just pushing this line, uh, I, so I went and rewatched some videos uh, in preparation for this. Uh, all of them, in fact. I just yeah. binged watched. For three days straight. <laughs> I wonder how, how long would that take? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how long but, that takes now. <laughs> uh, so, I, 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 of course, I gravitated towards uh, some of the text I was more familiar with the literature on. Uh, and so, I, I went to Mark mm. as the one that I thought was really interesting because you opened up uh, with your oh, Mark yeah. outline, your summary, uh, with it's all about the Messiah or something to that extent. And my first thought was like, oof, wow, I can hear like Mark and scholars rolling around a little bit uh, with that. Well, some would, right? Um, and I, I, it made me think of Joanna Dewey's um, comments. She says, quote, A scholar's outline of Mark tells us more about which aspect of the gospel narrative is his or her focus than it does about Mark's structure. Um, so that Mark just becomes a mirror of the scholar. So I wonder, um, you have to get, I'm sure, every single book, you, you if you run into a scholar, they're going to push back on whatever you do. So there's always this danger of creating an image of the book or an outline that is always going to be at odds with some biblical scholarship. But I, I wonder, A, um, you know, Mark, or maybe some of the other books, uh, the videos that you are more fond of, if it's not Mark, what, what do they reflect about you guys? Like, how do these videos specifically reflect you two or the, the pro project that you work on? Um, and do, does it ever factor in, like, do you ever just anticipatorily go like, oh, I, I don't even want to answer the emails that we're going to get about this one? Uh, or do you just guys just like plow through and just kind of take the hits as they come? Well, I mean, uh, I, I don't think uh, our audience is generally biblical scholars. Yeah. So I think I think biblical scholars, when they do come into uh, contact with our work, generally have the reaction that you had, which was, oh, 
this isn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> this, is yeah. be- this is better than I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so they're pleasantly surprised. And, um, and then for the average viewer, mm-hmm. I think they, um, it's just a really helpful framework. Yeah. To, or it's just a, br- to start a, reading through a brand a book. new concept that these books have in organizing. Oh, yeah. D- design and focus and that the the sequence of the material of the biblical whatever poems and stories there's intention there's a narrative argument at work um so yeah I, man i already want to go back and redo half the videos where we like lay out the literary design oh really half of the book well or it's just or what it is is it, that's exactly right drew like depending on the themes you want to highlight uh, it's kind of like a different set of glasses, you know, when you're looking at a, at a tapestry, and if you're wearing red-hued glasses, a whole bunch of things will pop. Uh, but if you have blue-tinged or whatever sunglasses, different things will pop. Um, and But I think that's just a feature of these texts. They're just so incredibly dense um, that talking about the structure is actually very difficult. And my thinking is really developing on this. I think more accurate would be to say there's multiple overlapping design patterns. Um, and but do, and actually, visually, we could probably do this one day if we make a video about this. <laughs> you could overlay, you know, different things yeah. on top of each other, different designs. Yeah. Getting it well, the catchphrase from Mark's Gospel is so, it's an interwoven tapestry. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. That's right. And I think that's true of all of all of this literature, not just biblical, of Second Temple Jewish literature. Um, it's just incredibly dense material because it assumes such an intertextual universe. Um, so, yeah, I, I always feel like it's a, a semi-finished product when we ship a video out because I know in a year I'll want to slice the pie a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But but all the it's same, very much put like putting there. a book manuscript out <laughs> uh, to get the conversation going. Ex- except you don't get yeah, click you feedback guys know exactly when you put the book out. <laughs> you have to wait a year or two before you get a review. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's yeah, good... that is something about this project is there's instant feedback. Yeah, um, which is which is helpful. Yeah, we know if it's working or not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that kind of uh, the idea of looking at it through different frames or different possible frameworks um, kind of gets back to the question I was asking as well about reading the Bible as a coherent story. Um, I I don't know if you've seen there's a there's a a Theo Ed so it's like Ted but Theo Ed um, video that Brent Strawn does uh, and it's called the Bible as poetry and and he says have you seen that no no. Okay, so he says, instead of thinking of the Bible as a story, what if we thought about the Bible as a poem or a poetry? And then he kind of explores what he, – he makes a case for, like, why that's a preferred way to look at it. And I'm not sure that it's preferred necessarily, but when you put on that lens, that set of lenses, and look at the Bible as a grand poem or as, as poetry, as the dominant framework for looking at it it kind of reveals all sorts of other things and and he was making the case that like poetry can do things that narrative can't and that accounts for the diversity we have in the bible and a whole range of other things so it's really interesting man yeah yeah you know that's kind of a front edge of my own actually thinking right now is 
the the way that that Hebrew narrative works, which deeply influenced the way narrative works in the Gospels and Acts too, is like that. It's it's worth the linear sequence isn't always the determining factor in why things are ordered the way they are. There's often other features of symmetry or pairing, a lot like parallelism works. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's open horizon for discovery. What, so what do you I call mean, this? Do you call this poetry? Do you call it narrative? Or do you just call it yeah. b- biblical literature? <laughs> I've been calling this... Um, there's a there's an Assyriologist who just wrote a book on Babylonian epistemology, and he calls it pointillism, uh, kind of like a pointillist painting. There's lots of dots, and no one dot makes the coherent whole. Uh, but pulling them back together, you see lines, arcs. You can you can actually draw narratives in a pointillist Who, painting, that? but that's not that? all there is. And huh. that's uh, Mark Vandermeerup huh. at Columbia. It's good stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah, you, you have to read a long way. Yeah, you have sure. to read a yeah. long way but, but to get to very, that point. But, well, uh, I, I think that's a bigger yeah. part of what we're trying to do with the project, and this for a popular audience that we're aiming this at. But I think it's just the the ability to come to these texts that many, for many people, especially if they've grown up in religious communities, they think they already know what these biblical texts are about. And so to de- defamiliarize them mm. and to realize they represent a way of conceiving of reality that is so different, so different. And to be able to hear these texts on their own terms, just that right there is a paradigm shift for a lot of people. And just focusing on the design of these texts or or how poetry works in the Bible, it's different than the way we might think of poetry. That itself is a major goal of our project, is just to help people see this literature on its own terms. Do you remember... Do you remember how that phrase, a unified story, mm. how that even came to be our catchphrase? Yeah, that's a good question. It wasn't really... Somewhere back there. <laughs> I don't remember having a big strategic conversation about you, yeah. about it. You guys yeah. totally need a <laughs> yeah, sure. I can tell at this point. You, you are, you're already losing yeah, your institutional knowledge. Yeah, the, that phrase. Like day by day. Uh, yeah, I, I, we even have conflicting origin stories. Like some, there's some barbecue conversation yeah. involved yeah. in John's backyard, yeah. but then also a breakfast conversation, and then a conversation in my office. <laughs> well, I mean, the the so, Bible starts out with two stories of origin, well, there so it's you go. not that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's a good affirmation. Wow, I was going to suggest a superhero <laughs> parallel. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, J- John, so you've, you know, you you studied some theology in your undergrad, and I think in your bio it said you did work as a pastor too, right? I d- yeah, I did a year. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> hey, I mean, in, my, in my like mid-20s. That could, could be a long time if you're pastoring. Um, yeah. But I, my question was really about how your views of the Bible have evolved in the course of doing this project. Yeah. Oh, oh a lot. I mean... I I feel like my undergrad experience was completely different than Tim's. Tim uh, j- started on this journey um, and went in deep. And I left um, feeling just as confused as ever. And um, uh, r- still really hungry to understand, but f- just felt ill-equipped. Um, to do that. In fact, I mean, that's one big reason why I decided not to continue in ministry. I was just like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I, just, <laughs> I can't get up here and keep telling people what the Bible means. I, just, I have no idea. Um, and um, 
So this has really helped me uh, come back to the Bible. I'd really given up. I hadn't given up. I mean, I still had this deep uh, hope for and appreciation of the Bible, but um, wasn't really trying to understand it anymore. Um, and, uh, and so this has really redeemed that for me. Um, it's helped me see it as, as, uh, ancient literature, which I never really thought of it as, which is kind of a strange thing to say out loud. (laughs) Um, because the emphasis was always on its, um, on its relational divine kind of quality of you and God and, and this book kind of, you know, the Devo, kind of paradigm and um so so thinking of it as very sophisticated literature has been really really op- mind opening for me wait is is devo paradigm a, is that is that a thing uh, devotional you say devo exactly. for, for, devotional. My, for my age <laughs> yeah, yeah, not like okay. uh, yeah. what do you mean it's, i'm like we're supposed to lose <laughs> it you put on devo tracks while you're reading the bible yeah, yeah that's, that's how yeah. we did it and n- note to ed mix in devo in the back <laughs> this part of the conversation <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, John, that reminds me of uh, a phrase that Tim, our mutual friend Travis, used actually one time um, in describing a life lessons approach to the Bible that he had grown up with, and and switching from that to reading it as literature and as theological literature. Um, that's from a completely different world, and that's a it's a massive shift. Um, because I think a lot of our experience in the church is we go, particularly with the Old Testament, um, we go back to a story and squeeze some life lesson out of um, mm. the story of Samson. And it usually uh, involves having to rewrite the story so that all the terrible things these people do don't sound like they're being endorsed. <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it it, it doesn't yep. it doesn't work as a as yeah a paradigm. yeah. I, I had someone <laughs> say to me one time, like, well, it, with with the approach that's used that that life lessons approach, why don't we turn to the flood and say, hey kids, sometimes God gets so angry You're that right. everybody drowns. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, um, so, yeah. I, so I think John's story is significant. It's really informs everything that we do. Um, you've used this phrase of, about coming to a point where you um, were becoming a post-Bible Christian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was actually confusing you more than aiding you in understanding Christian faith. And uh, from years in pastoral ministry, I just so many people. Uh, that's they're, if they're honest, and yeah. not everybody has the space to be honest. If they are honest, that's the, the challenge the Bible. Poses yeah, that's another thing is you kind of have to pretend <laughs> that you are hanging. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, and obviously that, that's a tragedy because uh, what's being ignored or or not heard is the real thing that these uh, texts are trying to communicate. That's one thing I really appreciate about my role in this project versus, for example, being working at a church as a pastor is um, there was the sense of I have to have the answers and I'm not, I don't have the freedom to ask questions and to, um, and to, and to sit in ambiguity. Um, and in this project, I, I, I'm encouraged to, <laughs> and 
I, uh, and I'm allowed to be the, the dumbest guy in the room and ask questions and be confused and let the confusion really fester until we can come out the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I really like that. And, and, and so this is kind of, it's a ministry (laughs) in in a sense, Hmm. but not in the typical sense that I have understood ministry because I don't have to pretend that I'm know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, you guys ever, um, this is kind of a technical question, but do you ever test bed um, your explanations? Like, I think I was one of those people who became a Christian as an adult, 19 or 20 years old, and I had not read the Bible before that point in my life. And I remember, like, reading Genesis and Exodus. Exodus is where I really got hung up. And I remember reading the Gospels. I read Matthew's Gospel, and um, and then I started reading Mark, and I was like, wait, this sounds like the same story, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, like, I, I mean, I was that clueless yeah. when I started reading yeah, Scripture. Sure. and but but I, That's beautiful, actually. Yeah. and I, I mean, Because I, that's I, completely I, different than me. I, look yeah, back I became now, so familiar with these stories. Yeah, I look back now, and I teach freshmen uh, Hebrew Bible, and, and part their familiarity is almost part of the pedagogical problem that I have to overcome. How do you dissituate them without emotionally disentangling them and get them to see this, the text afresh. Um, and I remember just being utterly confused by everything Jesus said and did. I could, he's like, he's got to be the roundest character in all of scripture. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and I look back now fondly saying, okay, I, I've actually was able to see things that uh, my people, my friends raised in Christianity weren't uh, just because of that kind of fresh adult exposure. I could see it for as crazy as it really is. Um, but back to the question, do you, so do you test bed some of your explanations with various types of listeners? Hmm. We haven't really, have we? No, we. It's been pretty natural. Where um, I have a very similar story in terms of with the Bible as you drew, and so that has shaped me in a certain way um, to to come at these texts in a way that's totally different from John, who grew up over familiar with them, and somehow the combination. We're we're just looking for clarity to both of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and somehow the, that results in something that resonates with a wide variety of people and backgrounds and demographics. Yeah. Um, so it hasn't. We have we've never done like a focus group, or if it makes sense to the two of us, and we feel like it's succinct and brief and fits under three pages on a Google Doc, <laughs> then it's... Then we're in good shape. Then we're in good shape. Yeah, That's one, kind of been our litmus test. One of my yeah. favorite filmmakers is Gus Van Sant, and I was in an interview with him, and he was asked um, who his audience is when he's writing and directing films. And he said uh, he he's his own audience. And I really appreciated that, because there's a lot of freedom in that, of not trying to figure out, yeah. you know focus group, everything, like, is it working for me? And that's how we've been approaching this. It's like, what kind of videos would we like to watch? Uh, especially us in our 20s when we're trying to work this all out or reading through the Bible for um, the first time or uh, at a fresh time. Um, and and if, if, it's, if it's hitting that, then, then we feel good. Yeah, we also think about like what kind of podcasts would we like to listen to, and then, and then we just do something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got me there. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. Actually, that was the origin of this podcast. Was Matt and I were like, "Hey, 
we wish there was a, a nerdy Bible podcast. Yes. And so we made it. Yes. And uh, yeah, actually, and then, here, just let me register that. Thank you, guys. I've been an avid listener from when I first learned about it, which was just a few episodes in. And I'm so grateful. Yeah, really grateful for what you guys are doing. So much so that I also want to publicly <laughs> register my apology. <laughs> <laughs> Because we, I, I was like so excited. I mentioned the Unscript podcast on our Bible Project podcast, and I, I mean, I've listened to dozens of episodes, but I referred to you guys all as graduate students, and then I like I felt I was sick. I I, I think it was pretty clear why you did (laughs) that when I when I realized what I had done. Um, Actually, I was curious. I wanted to ask you guys a part of my own mentality. I don't. Grad school was so intense. (laughs) <laughs> informative I actually still feel I always still feel like I'm I still have dreams about not being done with my degree yeah and so on <laughs> um, yeah so I just I still when I see p- peers my own age in the field I still just think of us as like the era of graduate students I don't know if you guys feel that way but that was where that came out of I, I resonated I, with John's <laughs> so, uh, so I, I am I'm the dumbest guy in the room but uh, technically I'm supposed to not be so I'm in a different situation yeah yeah totally <laughs> but, yeah. yeah I think Tim you, problem with getting degrees. you know without casting aspersions um there is help for trauma survivors in grad school um not all not all graduate <laughs> programs are traumatic but uh you yeah know. yeah yeah, I mean, I my, I didn't find my graduate school experience to be traumatizing. It it was it was it was rich. I loved it. I I, I uh, you know I ended up staying at Regent College much longer than I needed to, uh, just because I was I, I enjoyed it so much. But not not all programs so, um, are equal. Yeah, and I have, I affirm that's right. And I affirm all of all of that. There was an an undercurrent. Uh, in the Hebrew and Semitic department at UW, where if you, if you didn't hit high on the bar, uh, you you could get axed from the yeah. program. That I, was I've, I've heard that from several. But you know what? <laughs> and so when I when I meet people who came out of that program, though, I I have to say consistently they they are no joke uh, as scholars. So which. <laughs> Yeah, I'm grateful. Uh, it puts the fear the fear of God in you to learn philology like nobody's business. But uh, I, I'm glad it's over. I'll say that. Much. <laughs> um, you, are you guys up for a speed round? Oh, sh- sure. <laughs> I, I usually love watching yeah. other people go through these. <laughs> yeah. You're so, right. so um, John and and Tim, the idea is that we ask you questions, and you have uh, like three sec- seconds to answer uh, the question, and it has to be about three seconds long. Wow. Okay. Does that sound good? Oh, wow. Excellent. Sounds horrible. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's get... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take that as a yes. So, here, here we go. Uh, I'll, I'll kick it off, and then Drew will take over. Are you so, going to name which one of us? Or do we just have to yeah, pick? Yeah, yeah. I'll, okay. I'll name you. All right, all right. So, I've already asked uh, John, but I'll, I'll ask it again. What your favorite video you've produced, like, beyond what you've said already? Oh, um, for the Bob Project or in general? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's go. Let, let's go in general. What what else have you made? Um, I made a video on how to survive the robot uh, robot uprising. Um, you can go, no you can Google that. It's it's one of my favorites. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll try to put a link in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> okay, Tim, uh, what's your most significant eureka moment as you've researched for the podcast and videos? Mm. 
um, that uh, the design shape of Genesis 1 to 11 is made to preview every single element to follow in the Hebrew Bible. Amen. <laughs> yes, you know about yeah, this, Drew. That was a nerdy amen. <laughs> yeah, it oh, was. John, um, have you ever come close to firing Tim? No, no. Not at all. Never. <laughs> okay. Never okay. even crossed my mind. I don't know what we <laughs> <Okay>. would do. <laughs> do. Do I get to ask any questions? Oh, yeah, yeah, you go, Drew. Well, this one, I didn't even prepare this question, but it just hit me all of a sudden since we have both of them on the mic. Uh, are you prepared to sing uh, the theme song for Three's Company as a duet? Oh. No. Yeah, I don't think I know nope. it. Nope. What? Um, no. I watched the reruns, but I don't rem- I don't. Yeah, remember. I don't know it. Sorry. I don't remember. It's before my time. Too many Hebrew verbs wow. ago. It's anticlimactic. <laughs> okay. Um, Tim, uh, or sorry, Tim, what is the most significant work in biblical studies in the last 50 years oh oh that's right i i remembered but i don't remember Uh, for me personally it was Salehammer's introduction to old testament theology but i'm not sure if that would play the same role in other people's lives hey we'll go with that yep john what's your favorite podcast episode that you guys have produced um Mm. one on the image of god Mm. we talked about the Mm. um Mm. uh the Westminster Catechism. Ooh. That was really helpful for me. Yeah, wow. Hmm. Tim, what's uh, one, I- uh, one idea in biblical studies that you think needs to die? Uh, um, that the earliest reconstructed meaning of the bits and fragments of the Hebrew Bible that we can take apart is where the meaning of the text is located. John, what's been your most significant, <laughs> what's been your most significant discovery in your journey with the Bible Project? Uh, sorry, can you say it again? You, you cut out. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, what's been your most significant discovery in your journey with the Bible Project? That the the Bible is both divine and human. Hmm. <laughs> cool, Tim. Could you could you explain P nine six seven in one sentence? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's an extremely important witness to the old Greek text of Ezekiel that should be pondered by a lot more scholars. <laughs> okay. Speaking, well speaking of, can I ask a question here? Uh, Tim, uh, what's your go-to move for depicting indelicate passages of Scripture? I'm thinking of Ezekiel 23.20 here. Ooh, yes. Because uh, I noticed the Brick in- Bible online actually oh. would act some of these passages out. <laughs> Not the printed the version, Bible. but the one oh, online. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, I know of such things. Um, you know, uh, we've done this with a few BioProject videos. We just blank out that text box and put censored over the top of it. Yeah, we have done that. Yeah. Clever. Yeah. Oh, you guys had the guy giving the finger um, with the, oh, uh, sens- yes, the censored Adam. hand. You know what? We got a lot of, we've gotten a lot of trouble for Especially that. They implied pastors. that he gave the finger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we, really know. we blurred it out. <laughs> yeah, Could have so been a we know where your mind filled okay, in. Okay, John. John, are you um, are you guys going to do the apocrypha? Yes. Oh, awesome. Okay. Tim, do you still skate? Uh, as a mode of transportation only. Okay. What's your best move that you've ever done? I don't know the names of skate moves, but oh, can I say Tim just this last weekend went wake surfing and he was shredding <laughs> behind a boat. That First was a time ever. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, All right, we'll go with that. Then. Yeah, good deal. Okay. All right. John, have you guys uh, dropped any inside jokes into your videos? Hmm. Yes. 
<laughs> Could you tell us where? <laughs> uh, well, let's see. There's Furbies in the Image of mm-hmm. God video. Mm-hmm. Leviathan makes more than one, makes appearances outside of the book of Job. Um, yeah. This, th- I don't, I'm, How about afra- a I'm afraid to say another one. Have you heard, have you heard the Radio Lab okay. episode where the inventor of Furbies talks about the, the human interface with oh. Furbies and the emotional connection? What? Oh, it's amazing. Um, no joke. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> there's just some people on our team who don't like so, Furbies, so they represent e- ontological evil. Yeah, <laughs> it was hard to like. It was hard to figure out what kind of icons to use to represent evil yeah. without stepping on too many toes. Yeah. So I mean, we had like a nuclear weapon. We had like yeah, I don't know, sword and Furby, and then we yeah. had a Furby. <laughs> how much do you? How much do you feel compelled? Like I was just talking about some of this with somebody else. Every semester, I get to the issue of Ra um, and evil, uh, mm. and uh, mm. how incapable mm. our term evil is for kind of. Uh, um, describing what's going on in the text. Do you guys feel uh, obliged to stop at those points, or do you just uh, do you say, oh, we'll pick that up in another... I mean, evil is one of them, but I mean, there's dozens of things like this. <clears throat> we should do a word yeah. study on, on Ra. Yeah, we actually started a, a, couple, a year and a half ago doing short little word studies. And uh, yeah, uh, evil Ra Excellent. is on the list. Oh, I, I need it for list. my class, yeah. so I might pitch you some other ones here later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. True. Don't, don't, don't you think it often just means harm? It, yes. Often yeah. it does. Yeah, a terrible result. Um, but, but, but not, not always. Well, yeah, that's not the problem. Mean, it's not the problem of the word you use to translate. The problem is they bring a binary conception of good as opposed to evil. And those are two absolute yeah, categories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, right. Where God can't have anything to do with Ra. And, um, so then you have to you have to work out when it is juxtaposed right. to Tove, what, right. you know, which of what, course I think I, kind I think I've worked that out. But operative uh, there. The uh, well, hey, hold on. I, okay. I, all right. Well, I've got do, a question. We got to finish the speed round. Um, this is going back okay, to your right. uh, Easter eggs or um, hidden features in the background. Have you ever thought about uh, featuring ever so subtly a talking pickle in the background of one of your? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think we have. It's never occurred to us, and most of our designers, our illustrators, don't even know what brand oh your franchise you're referring to. Oh yeah, they wouldn't even know it if they saw it. Well, they wouldn't know gonna, what it I'm is. I'm waiting to see if one of you would correct me and say he's a cucumber, not a pickle. <laughs> but yeah. Oh okay. gosh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Sh- we can't. Can't say yeah, his name. Yes. It's trademarked. Oh, no. Eric who shall not be named. <laughs> I could bleep, you could bleep that out. <laughs> um, are, are you guys ever going to crowdfund a verse-a-day calendar? <laughs> you know, um, that will not Tim, happen. Tim was joking around. Um, we're really good friends with the Uversion guys who do the Bible app. And they have this new feature where you can, like, put a, <laughs> put a verse. Um, you can take a photo. Yeah. And oh then, yeah, I, I've seen it. And then yeah, and no. then you can put a verse on top of the photo, M- match an inspiring can Bible you put verse. Flames yeah. behind yeah. it. Yeah. And then Tim the other day was like, <laughs> said it, it takes it, all my self control not to take a verse out of like Leviticus, Leviticus. and go to the butcher shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And put it on our Instagram. Feed. That would be our that would be our calendar. Is just the fat, fat verse like that. belongs to the Lord. And for today, your right. tongues will rot in your mouth. Yes, that's a good one. Um, that's a good one. Is there uh, is there a style of animation or a genre of animation that simply just would not work for what you guys do? Mm. I don't know. That's a good question. Mm. Never thought about it. We haven't run into any. Mm. anything yet Mm -mm. uh we do like to change it up 
mm-hmm. because we like mm-hmm. to let the the subject matter influence the mm-hmm. theme, and then we also like our artists to tell us what they're interested in, mm-hmm. so that they don't get bored, mm-hmm. and that usually generates a new style yeah and along that line uh do you ever worry about racist depictions in either voice or visual of uh ancient semites mm. egyptians mm. etc mm. mm. well we do want to make sure we're we we have brown characters not well, just yeah yeah or or, or diverse i mean i, yeah, I remember characters. uh we commissioned a couple of our teams to create a full like ancient skin palette yeah, and they just they mapped out all everything we know <laughs> about every ancient people group, and then what? And it was actually really it was really diverse. The most trouble we ever got in is when we we depicted God in the image of God video, yes. and he had he was a white guy. And yep. Well, I mean, he just he was, was, he he was, was clear. Clear. <laughs> he didn't have a color. <laughs> but we we were going ancient of days with yeah. the, with with the, the old the man beard, woolly beard. Yeah, that's right. And um, yep. Yep. yeah, yeah, we're, we're super aware of it. If anything, my hope is that. For people who are now using the videos as an introduction to the Bible, that, that what they see is just a really diverse set of ca- characters throughout all the videos. And so sometimes Adam and Eve are African American. Yeah. Sometimes they're Middle Eastern. Sometimes they're Caucasian. I I like just mixing it up. Um, have they been Caucasian? They have been. Yeah. 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 I guess they've been pink. Or just or yeah, light, lighter tones. Yeah. We're we're super aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, uh, what's next for the Bible Project? Well, we're starting season five. We're doing a video on uh, uh, the identity of God. Yeah. No big deal. Yep. Yeah, totally. And yeah, we're going to do a, a series on the uh, the divine characters in the Bible. Yeah. Angels and angel of the Lord, that kind of thing. We're trying to finish out our how to read the Bible series. It's going to take yep. another yep. 18 months or so. Doing Psalms, Prophets. And legal literature, um, and we and so the bit and then the big new thing is we um, are gonna Tim's gonna start teaching classes here at the Bible Project. We're gonna film them and we're gonna put them online. Yeah. Um, so just basically going through books of the Bible. Yeah. Um, It'll be like two two day real time. It'll be two day seminars. Yeah. Just crash course on design and main themes of different books of the Bible, and then we'll we'll chop them up into modules. And then start building a library that way. And long term, I'd love t- uh, to start inviting other teachers and scholars into it and just create a, a really next level uh, library of content. Great. Well, um, we really appreciate you guys giving us so much time. And we think what you're doing is fantastic. I think you're connecting with ordinary people in a really profound way, but also I can say as a biblical scholar that I've learned so much from what you're doing. So thank you um, for, for being um, present in a, in a really uh, creative medium, like, like the videos you're producing. So thank you. I think uh, what Matt and I really want to know is uh, any ideas that we pitched here today, are we going to show up in the credits? <laughs> yeah, you guys just want to write the raw and tove videos. Yeah, raw and, and tove. This will be we'll, uh, easy enough. We'll run with them. I am. I'm totally raw. Raw power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You have been listening to OnScript, delectable conversations on scripture and theology. 
If this episode has brought you inner peace or lit your biblical fire, please consider a small donation of just two or five dollars per month. Information on how to donate can be found at onscript.study/donate.